This is the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 301. I'm your host, Brian. Generally this evening, Mac. Catchphrase, then kill. Got it. And Ian is with us. Hi, everyone. This year, I have volunteered to be part of Santa's. I hope he'll train me on using his powerful flamethrower to roast the chestnuts of those on his naughty list before his elves rise up against him and stab him in the eyes. Mad Cat is with us? Yeah, I'm just trying to keep it all out of conflict. And the dumbass himself. Hey, well, I for one just want to reiterate that I do welcome our uh, inevitable future Simeon overlords. And I just want to add to that, you know, the, the big round red rump thing, guys? I get it. I get it. Good job on that. <laughs> now you can tell me about the Gardens of the Galaxy Christmas special. Uh, now, the, the song is called I Don't Know What Christmas Is, But Christmas Time Is Here. And yeah, the, um, Story Lord keeps trying to correct them, but they're too busy singing their song. And it's a, a true holiday classic. It was a good, it was actually a pretty good song, too. Oh, yeah. So it comes out close to, it's starting to look a lot like Fishmen. No, actually, it has a real good beat. And the, 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 not surprising. It's Garden of Galaxy, so it's actually a really good soundtrack to it in general. And so... Kevin Bacon is actually a significant part of it. Okay, well. As Kevin Bacon. He is himself. Well, if he didn't suck. <laughs> what? Okay. No, you hey, know, his mind. name is Bacon. Give him that. No, it's it's from the show. Yeah, oh. you, you got to watch it. There's so many. It, okay. It's so great. Um, so it's as tasty as bacon. Uh, so, Ian, you're not you're not pimping books? I got nothing new to pimp. Just all, right. all the old stuff. Right. Everyone can feel free to go and pick them up. All right, then. I'm getting caught up on podcasts. I put two out last week. Yeah, I saw. I was like, so, wow, impressive. Yeah, I know. I'm behind. You know, because it's the, the editing sucks. And I keep, you know, I keep getting lots of people that want to do the editing for me, but uh, at, not at a price I'm willing to pay. Right. <laughs> it's a, I'm not making money off this podcast, and so I'm not going to shell out 50 to 100 bucks that, you know, for you to edit an episode. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. We're just having fun. What? I said, we're just having fun. We're just, exactly. We're just having fun. <laughs> what did you. I, I, I don't know. It, it seemed like it was <laughs> random. <laughs> yeah, we're just. Why don't fun. you just stick it in your bum? <sighs> we weren't supposed to be doing that already. <laughs> All right, it's time to move on. <laughs> what time is it? Ah, that time. Well, I would have to go with. Oh yes, Ian and Dumbass's masturbation moment brought to you by the Dumbass. <laughs> The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment Brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire The Dumbass Media Empire Bringing you content that touches people While they touch themselves I was concerned when this came from the Daily Mail (laughs) I'm like, what is this? (laughs) Well, I, I love the headline. So okay. The headline is, I didn't realize I was a prude. Kara Delevingne, I can't answer that. <laughs> Delevingne, I think. Yeah. Delevingne, yeah. Says she was asked to take her underwear off at a masturbation seminar and admits she did everything she felt comfortable. Which so, may not have been taking up her underwear. Well, it sounds like she did it, but oh. it was one of these things where it caught her off guard. And she was kind of like, wait, you want me to do what now? <laughs> you know, I, I kind of want to... Um... Uh, but uh, like I, I think uh, the the definition of prude. I want to I want to forward this because I think uh, uh, what, what a prude is a prude 
a prude isn't just, you know, having uh, limits to things that you're comfortable with uh, sexuality-wise. I think a prude is somebody who wants to impose their limits yeah. of whether comfortable sexuality-wise on other people. Oh, no, I, I agree with you. I don't think she was a prude, but she was in a situation where she was asked to do something that threw her off guard, and she didn't realize she would have to do it, and she was a bit like, I was going to do what now? <laughs> and that's what she's referring to a prude as kind of like her understanding of what was about to happen, I think. So, it's what, Dr. Ray, oh, what is his name? I forget. Um, he, he, he's written a, uh, what was the book? Uh, oh, basically comparing uh, religion to a virus. And he and he's a sex therapist and everything. And his, his definition of a prude is somebody that's having less sex than you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So anyways. Oh no, no. Maybe that's not his definition of a prude. That's his definition of a uh, not a deviant, but of somebody who's a. Uh, well, I think wasn't it somebody who's um, a sex addict or or uh, or a nymphomaniac is somebody who's having more sex than you. Yeah, maybe that's yeah something like that. I mean, so I, I'm kind of doing the opposite. I guess I, I guess I'm, but yeah, but yeah, a prude prude is is one of those things that I I don't think that there is a um, there's not a good line for necessarily right. Right. It it, it because it is subjective, but well, it is it's all relative. Yeah, it's all relative, but it is interesting that you can be in a situation and find out where your limit is, right? And but whether that makes you prudish or not, I, I, I think that, yeah, I think the, it's the imposing it on somebody else. I think I agree with dumbass on yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you, you have, everybody has their limits. Uh, there's nothing wrong with having limits. Uh, I don't think you can or should call anybody a prude just for having limits. It's when they try to impose their limits on other people. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But what is fascinating is that she found – but her finding those limits, right? That That's yeah. that's the part of the article that is interesting, and that's well, what I wasn't – that sounds like part of what she was doing. Though. Yeah. Because – okay, so she's um, – basically, Kara is doing a series – Was I, I'm guessing they'll film because they've been being released. But they're not on Hulu yet, which was annoying. I was actually trying to find them. They're only on BB3. So um, – but they're um, <clears throat> called Planet Sex. And the idea is he's exploring sexuality, exploring you know what's out there kind of thing. So why didn't you and go watch him on BBC Three? A, a classic. There have been several shows doing that that thing that just keep on coming out. They're, they're always fun to watch. Yeah, and so apparently one of the first things she did was she went to a masturbation seminar and went in. And they're like, "Oh yeah, we need you to remove your underwear." And suddenly she's like, "Wait, you want me to do what?" It wasn't and just it was, that. It was just like here's a here's a here's a you know an orange mat on the floor that everybody's going to sit on. Take your underwear off, and, yeah. and you know so it was not like you know some fancy thing. It was you know a a, a mat. Well, she was expecting it to be like a, a lecture class, where right? Just talk uh, about it all. Sure. Yeah, it was like that should be part of promotional. Uh, it seems like that should be part of the promotional material that you read. That you, you're going to have to be comfortable with doing this if you're coming into the class. Although in this case, you have to wonder if how much he knew and how much it was. Oh yeah, you're going to a masturbation class. Like, oh okay. Well, that could be true, right? That that somebody else, had, her agent or whoever, whoever it was, you know, well, a producer for the for show, show or like something. This, to catch her off guard would actually make for good. Um, mm, I suppose that's true. Yeah. 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 You're right. I, I can see them not telling her everything mm. she's about to get into. I mean, the I, I do wonder though. I mean, there's got to be there's a certain amount of you know consent that has to be involved before you show up at a seminar like that, though. Yeah. And maybe she was already story, consenting, but... right? Maybe they've already had these conversations, but they didn't have to be thrust in it, right? We don't know what happened behind the scenes. Obviously, yeah. she wasn't that disturbed by it, you know, from the way that she talks about it. It was just a surprise to her. Right. I, I gather, I kind of took from the remarks that she was she was surprised at what other people do and how far they 
not at what she was doing, but at what she well, that, was, a, that was my take on it. There's a general thing of, and you can see it in her mind of, okay, if we're, we're doing it, we'll do it like privately in our own little corner kind of thing. But it sounded like it was much more social, much more everyone's working together at the same time than she was ready for. I can see why that would throw you off. Yeah. But so the, the first episode is, um, what's the title? It's all about orgasm. I can't remember the title of the episode, but it's dealing with orgasms. And it gets into the fact that 95% of straight men come during sex. And apparently, supposedly only 65% of the um, women do. And so they were, you know, let's look into the orgasm. Let's look into um, how you get yourself off. I'm not surprised by that statistic at all. At least, you know, during sex, I think that I think it's pretty common, um, you know, that it is one sided. Yeah. And we've heard that statistic before. That's not that's not new. I think that there was another show that um, Dumbass and I watched that was similar. It was on Vox. Yeah. um, I don't remember the name of it now, but I remember that a few years ago we were watching it. And she did some of the same kind of explorations. So I, I love her explanation of one of the things she did. She was told to masturbate for at least 10 minutes and was given a whistle to blow when she comes. And she, uh, her joke was, I should always have this whistle. <laughs> but then, uh, apparently within that, they also did blood tests on her before and after. And apparently she is one of the 80% of people to produce endocannabinoids. Well, oh, really? Well, apparently, there's something natural that when you um, orgasm, you produce something similar to um, a marijuana high. Hey, doctor, I need your help. I whistle when I come, and then I get high. <laughs> 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 Lars would be happy. So, no, it, it's so interesting to read these two articles about um, what she was doing. It's like, I definitely am curious to see this. But, you know, like I said, the first one is called The Orgasm Gap and explores. How women can get orgasm, basically. Was it? Isn't she a Victoria's Secrets model? Um, it says model. She might have. Yeah, I think that she is a. I think that she's a Victoria's Secrets model, right? Yeah, Victoria's Secrets. She's a Victoria's Secrets model. Okay, I was thinking. I I I knew I recognized her, and I recognized her from a uh, from an Amazon show. Yeah, um, where she played a fairy. Yeah, where she has a pretty hot sex scene. Carnival Row. Yeah. Which I guess and then she's been in a few movies. Um, pretty what the latest one is. So something I, I had just seen the latest thing. Just how we can. Well, according yeah, to so... according to uh, IMDb, it's Carnival Row. So that so did they finally do a sequel to Carnival Row? I know they're working on a second. Okay, but it seems like she was just in a movie. It's not coming to me. But tell it like a woman. But Only then um, not... other episodes of this will explore the LGB um, culture stuff like that. And, you know, all from a female point of view, um, sounds like it should be entertaining. I definitely plan to um, keep an eye out for it, hitting Hulu and watch it. So it's going to, so this is going to be on Hulu. Yeah. And right now it's on BBC Three. Right. And you haven't watched it because? Um, well, one, I didn't have much time and I have been busy. Uh-huh. But outside of that, um, he also doesn't want Doctor Who to get jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying fire up your VPN and, you know, watch this thing. Hey, I'm working full-time now and got a life. I don't oh, you're working. Well, okay, that's well, good. Okay. Wow. I work full-time, too. No, I've been keeping busy lately. That's both good and bad at the same time. So, no, um, I mean, like, yeah, some of the stuff we've heard before, but hopefully it's a new take. It sounds like she has a good attitude towards it, so I think that should help um, make for an entertaining show. That is important because I I think particularly with this kind of content because it can be it 
if it's produced and somebody is being very negative towards it, I think can can really hurt uh, moving forward. I, I feel right. like I, I always I already feel like this content is so stigmatized um, and shouldn't be right because because right. once again at least in the U.S. we're a bunch of prudes right as oh, as yeah. a nation I they're, so we're, 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 we're I mean particularly <laughs> religion poisons everything is very much trying to control people's sexuality yeah and mm. I mean here in Colorado just a few weeks ago we had a pretty serious event that hit close to home. I, yeah. Um, there was a club down in Colorado Springs called um, Club Q. None of the people that actually got shot I, did I know personally, but I have a fair amount of friends who were just at that club the week before and friends that know the people who got shot, the people that died. So, oh. and that was all because of the prudeness, all because, I mean, if you look at the stuff behind it, I'm sorry, I don't believe the shooter is um, non-binary. That's way too convenient. And especially with his upbringing. I mean, his dad, if you look at the interviews with his father, his father's first concern when he heard um, his son was linked to a gay bar is, oh, my God, my son might be gay. Yeah, I heard. I, Nothing I, to do yeah. with the fact, oh, yeah, he killed some people, whatever. But I'm just so relieved he wasn't gay. It's yeah. Like, yeah, he's well, relieved that he was the shooter. Don't do gay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. No, um, so, yeah, here in the U.S., we have some pretty serious stuff happening because of the prudeness because of the anti-lgbtq sentiment the anti-drag queen sentiment the anti-being sexual in any way shape or form sentiment right right yeah and this, this is a, this is uh true prudence in the, the way that i've defined it um to trying to impose uh your sexual limits and feelings on other people yeah i'm sorry yeah. uh drag time drag queen story time is not grooming all ages drag shows are not grooming Drag is about identity. It can have sexual to it, and the adult shows can get quite sexual. But I've been to all-age drag shows. Well, they are not sexual. It hold is about on. identity. Are you saying, are you talking about grooming as something more than just, you know, doing your hair? Because drag queens do their hair. <laughs> I suppose you can make the same argument about uh, uh, beauty pageants. Right. There's a um, lot of grooming going on. Yeah. Um, I, I'd like to throw in there real quick, going back to the Club Q thing. The uh, the father of the shooter was one of the people from the Capitol riots on the January 6th. Oh, yeah. Yep. Somehow that does not come as a surprise. Well, he said, he said something about having taught his kid um, that when you need to, you should be violent. I, I forget the whole thing on that, but there was a weird thing of him ju- trying to say it's justified to be violent. It's so kind of a and, weird thing to... I mean, I mean, I think every philosophy will say sometimes you need to fight for your rights or whatever. But that's but I, that's a little different. I mean, I mean, it depends on exactly uh, how you're couching that, right? Yeah. yeah. In any of the interviews with the alleged father, he does not look like the kind of person you want in your society. No. <laughs> and the funny thing is, on Facebook, they were trying. Um, these people were trying to point out that um, the father was a meth head. And a porn store, and very much, he, there's no way he could conserve him. It's like, dude, yeah, you, you said a porn the store, right? You mean, you mean porn store owner? No, he, he he's, he's been in porn movies, and he's a, and he, uh, okay. and he's a covering he meth head. It sounded like, like he said store, so I just wanted to make sure there. No. I'm not sure how any of that are are conservative issues, right? Well, yeah. Well, the first thing I pointed out is like, you, yeah, a, a, a meth head porn store star could be a conservative. Why are you telling me they're all going to be liberal? That doesn't make any sense. That makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. And and, sure. and once again, you know, conservative and liberal are there's there's a spectrum, right? I mean, yeah. somebody that, could that, do that's porn. A shame. 
not not as much shame from a guy taking part in porn as a, a as a woman, right? Right. That, and well, that's true you're too. First lady. I mean, I mean, if you if you're Trump's wife, you can get away with it somehow and not be and be the most classiest first lady ever. Was she in porn? Uh, she did some girl on girl photo shoots. Oh, okay. Um, and apparently, I mean, I, I don't th- I don't think that kind of stuff should count uh, against uh, anybody's classy uh, points no, I, at all. So I agree, but the fact is, they went off on Michelle Obama for wearing sleeveless dresses. <laughs> yeah. Well, and with, uh, yeah, and you know, then they talk about adultery is bad, and then of course, you know, we have Trump who's had three wives, and and you know, and and a lot of other conservatives that are out there, you know. That that when it when it's them they they overlook that stuff and you know they they talk about how adultery is bad and well except for for him yeah you know you guys you constantly forget the fact that we live in a double standard two party <laughs> <laughs> don't forget just think it's all messed up right and brains are weird especially uh, if they're in a if they're in a vat and learning to play ping pong okay in a vat learn well petri dish. Video shows human no, I, brain I just, cells I just in heard a dumbass. Di- there. Oh, well, did we lose him? It's his article. What? What's going on? <laughs> what? I was, I was, I was cleverly transitioning to your article, sir. All right. So you were Video game. Here for it. Okay. Video game shows human brain cells in dish teaching themselves to play a video game. Yes. Um, uh, we have uh, made a brain in a jar, and uh, we've made it play pong, guys. The one of the very earliest. Uh, video games. So it turns out, yeah, we can we are able to like get some brain cells in, in like a, a petri dish. Uh, uh, not exactly a petri dish, but you know we're able to connect them together and uh, do like inputs and outputs and get them to actually adjust and make a programming and like do things based on that. And you know, uh, um, just like uh, 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 we've been talking about making artificial neural networks, this is a, the real thing that we're learning how to control. And of course. We're a little bit uh, awkward at it. Uh, you can watch the video there. This uh, this thing uh, plays pong very jerkily. Um, it, it but it does uh, move the paddle in the general direction of the ball as it's going. So um, I would call that a win for playing pong. It it does a really good job, and we've done that just by finagling it and uh, getting brain cells uh, to work at this uh, new uh, in this new way that. Uh, they haven't been set up before. I might be that's, able to beat it at Pong. Cool. That's actually pretty cool. I mean, if they can teach brain cells to do that outside of the human body, there's hope that we can start teaching them inside the human body, too. <laughs> yes, powerful well, implications. I'm just picturing that be the dangerous way to get AI going because, you know, they start getting a video game addiction. It's like, okay, I need the next level, the next level, the next level. And then, of course, you have war games. So, Do you want war. to play a game? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, anyway, there, there's not too much more to the story here. Just uh, really cool science <laughs> that uh, I wanted to put out there, maybe discuss. Uh, do you think brains in jars are going to take over the world before uh, uh, artificial intelligence does? Well, I just read this one line <laughs> in the article. In the meantime, the next task on this brain's list is playing Pong while drunk. <laughs> yeah, mm. that's funny. But was the brain Abby normal? So, how, but how many? It didn't say how okay. many. How large were this, was the collection of cells before it could, was capable of doing this? Because how many do you need? Uh, let me see say? if there's a number in here. Somewhere. Oh, eight hundred thousand living brain cells. Yep. So there you go. Eight hundred thousand. So that's all you need to play pong. That'd be normal at all. I don't. I, 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 I love the, uh, as well. At least. 
I love the link at the bottom here. Uh, scientists transplant human brain cells into living rat brains. You know, my, my first response is, and you're worried about AI? <laughs> I think I heard something about that. Something about, like, uh, that uh, they'll, they'll actually, like, form a, a little, like, separate network inside of the brain or something. We know that the I'm mice built the first computer, right? The, the, the mice built a huge computer because they were trying to figure out the, uh, you know, the question to the answer. Yeah. Either that or they just repeatedly keep trying to take over the world every night. <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of the secret of men myself where they just want to be left alone. Hey, you guys know where your towel is, right? We sure do. Yeah. I, I, I know where my key is, too. All right. Do animals go to war? Okay, so this is a follow-up. Way, I don't know, a few months ago, we were actually talking about this. It came up. I read, right read a book about doing... it, actually, a documentary about uh, rabbits going to war. So the first link here is to National Geographic. And it talks about, um, basically, <laughs> it sounds like ongoing battles with ants and termites. Um, and basically, ants will raid termite um, hills and slaughter them. And then there are ways for ants... Some ant colonies turn um, survivors from other ant colonies into slaves and stuff like that. And it goes into all the um, stuff of that sound very warlike. And then... And the little um, kittens are just so cute. <laughs> so what is the definition of war that they're working with? They don't really give one, but they point out that that's not, what, what we're seeing there is not necessarily war. Um, okay. It, it's just how nature works. Uh, the other cool, apparently honeybees have a way to vibrate their wings that basically can cook an uh, invading hornet. Well, so they do that to keep the nest warm in the winter, right? That 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 they and so I guess that makes they, they sense. They turn into weapons yeah. against hornets. It, it's actually pretty cool, song. But so all that stuff is going on. But according to the article, you can't really call that war. I, That's, I it would be anthropomorphizing on these creatures. Yeah, yeah to, because. Um... I was thinking about this too because, like, uh, war, I think, is something more than just sustained aggression against some other uh, force or whatever. Uh, it, it, ha it has a lot to do with how we see ourselves as nation and right. uh, uh, the and the kind of human uh, uh, interchange and politics and things like that. That I'm not sure has a direct correlation to the animal right. world. Well, also. Also, Brian, it would, that would not be anthropomorphizing. It would be bethromomorphizing. Bethromomorphizing. <laughs> so then it jumps up to actually chimps who do invade each other's territories and talks about a 10-year study of a family of chimps and watching um, they went and killed um, or injured 18 chimps from other groups and took over the land of those other groups. And, you know, that, that's a behavior that is often seen in um, the um, higher apes and stuff. Curse and, their sudden uh -huh. yet inevitable betrayal. So, I mean, I think I, I feel more like I, if you called that war in some way that I would I would I, I would still might take issue with it. But I would I would have less issue with it than than the ants attacking another colony. Mm. And that's exactly I mean, like uh, uh, I was just going to say, I mean, uh, can, can you have a war if you don't have nations? Can the uh, groups of chimpanzees call themselves a nation, really? Well, they certainly that's have territory. The article ends. I'm going to read the end of the article here. Okay. And this is from National Geographic. Unlike humans, chimps don't form into opposing armies and fight it out to see who wins. Nor do two communities ally to defeat a third. Animal groups do compete over resources, sometimes in an organized way. But war implies something more formal. Okay. Um, 
Bottom line, the term war is inappropriate to describe conflict in the non-human animal. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, that's something something only civilized. Yeah, it takes a big dick, (laughs) big dick for a war. Now, with that in mind, the other link um, I did, which paid called Animal Logic, goes into the various, you know, they're calling it war, but um, basically the various defenses and attacks that are out there in the animal kingdom that are very violent and warlike. Uh, The first one talks about um, suicide missions of termites and ants, and that um, there are species that can go in and basically blow themselves up. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) They do. They they literally close off something and they just blow up. Yeah, those are martyr ants. So that, that, certain uh, lemmings. Ding, 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 ding. So okay, so the... <laughs> although those lemmings could do all sorts of things, be very good. Wait, actually, the lemmings aren't really like that in uh, first place. The they line. were done that done to like that for a show. Yes, yes, we know it was uh, Disney. What was it, Wild Kingdom? Yeah, yeah. So I that, think but the video was... game lemmings is actually quite fun. <laughs> it is fun. It I is fun. Yeah, game. it was really cool. So yeah, so you have suicide ants and um and termites that go in and blow themselves up in a very warlike manner. You have chimpanzee and murkreets who actually have turf wars. Um, so yeah, it's not just the higher apes, you know, the mar- those cute little murkats that everyone, oh, look how cute they are. They are apparently quite crazed killers. Well, of course. The, uh, the cutest animals are always the most dangerous. Look at koalas. <laughs> they are not cute. Yeah, that's supposed to be are poisonous. Yeah. Your puppy will eat your eyes out if it gets the chance. Uh, uh, yeah, but not as quickly as your cat will. Yeah, your cat will get you first. But I like I like this next article you got here because this this is this is kind of interesting. So now it's us taking animals to war and forcing them to fight for us. War horse. It, well, yeah. Well, uh, who is it? Isn't this who put this in here? This this is isn't this yours? Oh, Mad this is Mad Cat. Oh, okay. Remember we did uh, we did a segment on animal spies once. Yeah. So this is so this is animals in war. Seven examples of animals fighting in human conflict. Animal crossing the Alps comes to mind. Well, the first one is of course horses. That makes sense. Right. Pigeons used to carry uh, carry messages. Yep. The pigeons is number two. <laughs> yeah, pigeons is number two. Sorry, uh, Bailey tossed my mouse on me. Oh, is that what it was? Blaming this on the uh, on the animals, cat. huh? On yeah. the cat. Oh, well. Well, yeah, because horses. he tossed my mouse on me. Yeah. It starts with horses, which makes sense. We know horses have been involved in warfare for forever. Yeah, and pigeons Same make with sense. Camels and dogs. Yeah, and pigeons. So, an interesting one. Elephants are, are an interesting one because were, were they? I know they've been depicted, but did they? Were they ever actually used in a war? Maybe so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hannibal's yeah, Hannibal, elephants right? crossing the Alps. Yeah, yep, that's what it okay. says right here. I guess uh, it says only one elephant. Carthaginians deployed oh, yes. eighty elephants against the Romans, but the Roman general Scipio of Africa, Africanus, 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 Africanus. Yeah, I like Africanus. That. Yeah. That sounds, had yeah. spent much of his career planning for that exact moment. <laughs> that idea, I don't know, but uh, ordered his legions into columns and had them shout and bang their mess pots. Sounds spooked the elephants, and yeah, the elephants were channeled into gaps between columns, and everyone was dispatched. Or they ran away, apparently. Yeah. Right. Uh, I can. I have played many hours of Civilization, and I can assure you that elephants are very useful in war. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are in that uh, newer game to the uh, humankind. They use them. What? So, the dogs are next, which makes a lot of sense. They always use the dogs of war. 
Yeah, but you have to cry havoc to do that. <laughs> Dogs break the line, broke the lines. They were used to break the lines of the Sumerians. Okay. Uh, Romans used large mastiffs to tear apart enemies. Okay. Uh, Spanish conquistadors used them against the native population of the Americas. Alexander the Great. Oh, but it doesn't matter with them having a dog and having an attack an elephant. Big friend deal. Uh, dogs go, go provided... More modern use of scout sentries and detection to sniff out mines. Yep. Or actually there were ones which wasn't mentioned in here, though, where they actually had dogs. They were training dogs to bring explosives under vehicles, but that didn't work out because when they'd call the dog, the, it would come back to them. Right. Uh, so... Camels. I have a lot of problems with that. Camels yeah. were used for... Xeres used camels in cavalry during the Pier Persian invasion of Greece. Uh, used in a war that was called the Battle of Farquhar. Farquhar? Farquhar? Okay. So, war mounts. Bees. Bees is definitely an interesting yeah, one. Yeah, bees is an interesting one. How are they used in, in war? Beehive, uh, catapult. <laughs> yep. Yep. Is that what it was? That'd be, uh, I mean, that would be it. Sending oh, bees okay. down tunnels, Romans yep. and dogs. Okay, yeah. Uh, Going up tunnels with bees, that makes yep. sense. Yeah. Uh, messing up trip wires, uh, setting up trip wires, trip wires near beer hives. Okay. Um, and they'd set off fireworks near a hive to agitate the bees going after the American soldiers. That dolphins. Yeah. Dolphins, Okay. Well, dolphins, yeah. I, I knew we were working on training dolphins to um, do stuff for it, surprising. Yeah. And we actually covered that covered that in the podcast. It seems like yep. what we've talked about before. And dolphins... I'm pretty sure we've gone over how uh, dolphins are uh, the creatures that require mo the most masturbation to train them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're not nice. Yep. Right? I mean, we're talking about no. cute animals no. that aren't nice. Dolphins dolphins qualify. Yep. Definitely do, just like the meerkats. Let me just say, if an animal can go to war, I believe it's a dolphin. <laughs> well, we do know they killed each other just out of spite. That's been shown. Yeah. What about uh, what about animals that we actually declared war on? Yeah, like the Great Emu War. Yep. Uh, did we lose that war? Yes. Uh, the Australians lost that war. Okay. The emus did win. Yes, they did. Uh, I think we kind they... of uh, declare war on most invasive species, right? Uh, well, no, no, it wasn't actually... because of them being invasive. They are from Australia. Well, yeah, but they were invasive to that area in the Australians' opinion. Uh, generally speaking, though, when we go after an invasive species, we don't actually involve the uh, army. This one uh, did involve the army. Okay. And they expended like uh, oh, I forget 2, how 2,000 or 20,000 rounds of ammunition to kill about 60 emus. I do like the end of the um, seven um, animals that are used in war. It says that bears, penguins... Cats, monkeys, and a host of other animals have all been involved with militaries around the world. Wow, okay. I want to see the penguins. I read the story about the one with the bear that... Uh, oh, the uh, polar bears? No, this is this one, this was like a brown bear that this, uh, that this platoon adopted. And, you know, just, he would do stuff for them. I don't think mm. they actually used him in combat, but... He just was with the... No, no, these running around ammunition. Yeah, but these emus it, yeah. actually cost them two thousand five, approximately two thousand five hundred rounds of ammunition, and they didn't kill very okay. many. So of the yeah, birds so at all. that's the Great Emu Wars of nineteen thirty-two, and it says yep. a unique Australian conflict. So it says what caused the conflict? Uh, emus migrating into coastal regions 
uh, to island regions. Uh, they were going through rabbit-proof fences. So 200,000 uh-huh. emus released into near uh, newly cultivated farms. So, 20,000. Yeah, so 20,000. So what, Realize so, that newly cultivated farmland was the good place to eat. Yeah, okay. And breed. Yeah, that would so make sense. So the farmers were not happy with it. I imagine that's true. So a group of ex-soldiers who had settled in the area were sent to speak with the Ministry of Defense, Sir George Pierce. And Sir George Pierce sent, he was ex-military, and the soldiers, now farmers, requested machine guns and such. So he let him have them. I believe that they also got Tom Selleck and a long gun down there, right? That's quite possible. <laughs> but the military itself did not suffer any casualties at the hand of the no. So they were shooting at him from afar because if they because if they were getting in close, they might have. Oh no, they were they were hitting him. They weren't killing him. Oh really? Yeah. And they didn't get they spurred by waited. Him? The birds were a point blank range before opening fire. Oh the wow! The gun jammed after only twelve birds were killed, and the remaining emus scattered before more. Oh, could be okay. So this this is this is an equipment issue. More than an equipment issue, they were able to. Shoot them, and apparently, yeah, they, apparently uh, they're like really dense and uh, and hard to kill with a gun. Okay, because yep, the feathers, the, fe- the feathers, the layering of the feathers. Is, yeah. yeah. Okay. You remember me? I think I told you guys about the, the Rias, the Rias in Germany. Yeah. And the fact that the German police officers could not—they found out that Rias are I've bulletproof with respect to their between. with their sidearms. Yeah. I think though that modern armor piercing bullets will can will, will, can take them out. Yeah, they... Well, apparently they did a second attack and um, straight out killed nine hundred and eighty six of them, and a further twenty five hundred died from. Okay. So the, the second attack was much more successful, but still technically they lost the. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, can, yeah they emus can... still emus still exist. Well, they're trying mm-hmm. to wipe out all emus or just from certain okay. areas. These days they will launch I... their counterattack. <laughs> they were trying to get rid of an awful lot of them, at yeah. least, but they were just not doing so well about it. Um, but, yeah, to this day, they uh, suffer the uh, reference of having been warded by the Emus. Okay. Just for being themselves. It's a survival thing. Yep. A, a bit interesting when, you, you know, we do that kind of stuff. I always think, like, in um, vampire movies, it's like, well, the vampire is just trying to survive, isn't he? Yes, he needs to suck blood. Okay, that's how he has to live. So, However, you know, for us to be it, live, we have to get rid of him. Yeah, so it's not necessarily an evil thing that he's doing. He's trying to survive and live. Right, I mean, and, like, you know, uh, I think a lot of the time, all he has to really do is inconvenience people. He doesn't have to kill people. Yeah. Well, that's why things like the, uh, uh, what, a uh, vampire. Uh, well, there's been a few that have dealt with it, having the vampires just, okay, you know, let's find other ways to get me to survive. You know, and you Well, they could to... make, uh, go ahead. But, um, you know, you always have the evil ones that want to go too far. But in the end, it's just survival. I mean, these emus were trying to survive, and they pissed off the farmers who were like, wait a moment, that's my stuff. How dare you try and eat my food? Yeah. Right. And, you know, quite often that's what we see with a lot of our conflicts. You know, what we're calling war in the animal kingdom is basically just fighting over resources. Neither side is necessarily wrong, and neither side is necessarily doing anything bad and saying, well, you're trying to get what I need to survive, so I have to kill you in order to keep my survival going. But emus will suck your blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, emus do a strange thing when it comes to... Talking to the mic. Humans. Talking to the mic. I am. Emus do a strange thing when it comes to dealing with humans, which is, I guess they will, in the... Uh, if they see somebody walking around in an area, 
they will follow them for miles just to come up on them and tap them on the shoulder and run off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so you're, they uh, do have a sense of humor. Emus are playing counting coup. Is that what you're telling me? They're playing what? Counting coup is what that's called. Uh, huh. No, only actually only doves and pigeons do that. Oh, okay. I compared it to Ding Dong Ditch. Ding Dong. <laughs> Unlike cassowaries that would follow you and kill you. Hey, cassowaries don't follow people. Every in every fatal encounter uh between a cassowary and a human has been the fault of the human. Right. I, and then the cassowary uh, followed them and killed them. So they were running, big deal. Yeah. I'm actually surprised that emus haven't haven't killed as I mean, they they seem like they're just as capable as a as a cassowary. They just might not oh, they're, they're just not as vicious, oh, yeah. I guess. They're they're more social than cassowaries. Cassowaries are um, they're well no it's it's that cassowaries are uh more highly strung. They're more nervous and easier to rile up. Yeah, yeah, Nemo is more likely to to bite its time, you know, to take the long view of things. Get get you hooked on a pyramid scheme plan and uh, bleed <laughs> your money dry kind of deal. Oh, I yeah. That was the uh ostriches. That, that that'd be a good springboard. Talk about pig butchery. That was a that was a good springboard. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got three articles in here, or three different topics. I guess I've got uh, uh, a North Carolina school baptizing 100 kids without their parents' permission. I've got pig butchering, which is a, which is the type of scam, and then I've got the Apple AirPods being used as an affordable hearing aid. How about do the pig butchering because we were just going through so animals. well. Okay, so and the, then school could go for the next one because there's an awful lot more in that that we can play with. So this is interesting to me because I had I had not heard this before. This would this was a new scam on me, but it's a combination of two different types of scams. Um, it's a combination of a romance scam and a crypto scam. And and I I might argue that all crypto is a scam. Yeah. <laughs> it's just one big pyramid scheme, people. Yeah, well, the world's catching up with that. It, yeah. Asking like crazy left and right. I've never, I've, I've never been pro cryptocurrency. I, I, I've always, I've always thought, you know, it was very scammy, and boy, it really is, it really is, uh, is coming out to. I mean, <laughs> I keep on hearing the, the only thing I really hear about uh, cryptocurrency is how it's like uh, really suffering and stuff. But I, I went down to uh, my local uh, convenience store the other day, and they have like a Bitcoin uh, machine. Uh, like a, a, yep. a Bitcoin ATM that you can use to to do Bitcoin so, transactions. Interestingly and I'm like, enough, well, so if you, it's struggling so much, what the fuck is going on? Well, here? here's the thing: is that it's not all not it's not every Bitcoin I think or every cryptocurrency is going to fail. Bitcoin I think is here to stay for longer than some of the others. I think I think what I think eventually the market will kind of flush out, and some will be sustainable and some won't. I'm still not sure that I that it's. I don't know. It it it's it is a it feels like a big pyramid scheme, but it's yes. also unsanitary, Brian. Oh god! But here, it, what I want? Go ahead, Matt. Uh, it's unsanitary because in order to get that cryptocurrency, you've got to dig through crypts. So, <laughs> well, why? That's not necessarily unsanitary. Old crypts are crypts aren't unsanitary. Crypto. Yeah, but um, crypto would lick you. Yeah, dumbest. When when you went down, did were there any disclaimers? On on that um, on that Bitcoin ATM, did you look at it very closely? My friend, I didn't examine it. I just looked at it and shook my head. Okay, so usually on on the, I think not all of them. I, I don't know. I've never seen one, 
But more and more, I think you're seeing noti- um, like warning notices on there that basically, if somebody has asked you to buy a, bitch, a bunch of bitcoins and send them to them, that they, you know, or for for some reason to pay a bill or or any of these kinds of things, yeah, that there's disclaimers on on them now. Um, it, be, because basically, that I mean, there, there's a couple of things that can be done with Bitcoin, and one of them is you know, it, um, is 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 the best way for scammers to get money out of you and make it less traceable not completely untraceable right but it's much easier to to kind of wash the money this way um and and i think that most most, what bitcoins are mostly being used for some people are using them for novelty things like buying a pizza occasionally but mostly they're being used to you know for for scammers in some way you know you know either like you know they've encrypted your hard drive and they're ransoming it back to you that types of things or you know big corporations are getting ransomware um so ransomware well, they talk someone into talk someone into going to a machine and pulling out a certain amount exactly and, back later. Well, and we we you know we you that can be combined with a lot of different types of scams um mm-hmm. now what now in the pig butchering scam and i forget what they they um it's basically a romance scam where where, where the where the initial hook is a fake profile where they're getting people, you know, on Tinder and, and different dating sites and, and getting you hooked and start talking to you. And then as 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 they kind of, you know, really in that way, then they move on to to whatever their ultimate scam is, how they're gonna get money out of you, which is what a romance scam does anyway. But some of these are you know, but this have investing in, you know, cryptocurrencies and and putting money into, you know, other stuff, you know, kind of like like they might be like they're giving you a tip or something like that. Hey, you know this is going to be big. You know types types of thing, types of fraudulent activity. Um, and so I just I liked the name pig butchering, but uh, I mean basically it, it it's it's a it's just a type of romance scam. And ultimately, you know then you know they they're trying to get money out of you on the back end. They call it they they call it pig butchering though because part of the tactic is to is to fatten the pig before you slaughter. Right. It. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And and but that's what the, that's what the I mean it's 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 basic social engineering to begin with you know developing a mm-hmm. a relationship with somebody and then once you feel like you've got that relationship you know well hooked then moving on to the next thing um, it says so I've got I've got seven signs of a pig butchering scam so stranger sends you a random text message out of the blue and of course you probably I, I don't know if, um, how often you're looking it's at kind these. It's kind of a sign of a scam in general. Exactly. It did nothing nothing special there. Um, they avoid contacting you through video, which makes a lot of sense because, you know, if, if you're a man and and they're hooking you with a woman, um, you know, it's, it's it's not another it's not a woman that you're talking to, right? I mean, uh, and so they don't want to be on video. It never is, and let my imagination do the work. Well, I mean, that you know, it's um, whatever floats your boat. Um. <laughs> Stranger starts chit-chatting about their um, insider investments. See that it's the insider investment part, you know that I, I, is the is the thing here. Um, when it advanced in progress, the URL of an app they recommend different uh, from different official sites in trending emar- emerging markets. So they might so so there's there's another one. If they can get you to install an app on your phone or or something like that, that's a good way to get you. Um, investment platforms generating untrustworthy warnings when initially opened, and this is what so kind of what I'm talking about. You know, the, um, there might be a warning message on the front of this. Hey, if you know somebody's asking you to install this, are you sure that you know you're not being scammed? Type of thing. And so that's what I was thinking of with the with the Bitcoin um, ATM. It's the same kind of thing. Uh, oh, and then you're so 
so a lot of times, you know, the if they can get you to turn off their antivirus before you try to install an application, that's kind of the, that's kind of a gig that they will try to do, right? And that's part of that social engineering behind the backup. Oh no, your antivirus. Trust me, you just got to turn it off and install it, right? And they'll get people to install. They, they'll get somebody yeah, to install they, it. And it's like, and of course, if it seems too good to be true, which is true of most scams, right? Most scams, if they that that's one of the things that you see is you know it's too good to be true. Yeah. So yeah, so I just I don't know. Yeah, you're right. They're fattening them up and then they're slaughtering them. You know, so it's a it's a romance scam combined with some sort of crypto scam on the back end, and that's what they're calling pig butchering. So it, it doesn't have to have anything to do with pigs. It has nothing no. to do with pigs, unfortunately. Okay. Well, it depends on what you want to call the scammers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that. Nope. It was yeah. It was it was basically just uh. I liked you know, it for the, I liked it for the name. <laughs> the uh, the scammers though, they're just trying to get by and survive too. <laughs> just oh. like we were talking about with the animals that go to war, the scammers are just, you know, in, in a lot of the cases, there's no employment in these areas, and the only thing they can do is what they're doing. Or they are you know what? These are these people. are coming oh, out what of. What I'm saying is, is have a heart. Give some. Give your money to a scammer. Yeah. Today. No. 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 Uh, there's a large portion of these being run out of India, and I realize that their employment might not be the best. But I'm sorry, that is no defense. I. They, I mean. You, just because they can't find something else to do means that I mean they should be scamming. I mean it's it's primarily people in Western countries out of their money. That yeah, they, 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 what you're just just spread the harm. I'm not saying it's a defense. <laughs> I'm just saying that they're not necessarily pigs. Oh, okay. Well, so uh, some of these people are pretty ruthless, right? They know they they mm-hmm. they know exactly what they're doing, and and they know what they need to tell you to get you know to get get money out of you if you watch some of these things like you know kip boga and scammer payback and um jim browning you watch these people with the, you know talking to these scammers and the the big ones that are running everything the, the i mean they're really you know the, those are the people that are really the problem big right? ones that are running everything is exactly the case here yeah because the little fish that are doing the stuff for them are getting paid just as little as they can get away with. So yeah, exactly. And but they've gotten some of these big fish arrested, right? And and they have been successful at shutting down call centers at least for short amounts of time. And any amount of time that they can shut down a call center, it's time that they're not on the phone scamming people. Yep. Fair enough. Yeah. So yeah, no, it, it, it's it's a and the other problem is is that in those local markets um, where we see the scammers, they're the police don't have any incentive to go and stop them, right? Because they're not – if they're not scamming Indians, they're not doing any harm locally. And they might not have um, – might not actually be able to do anything you know, because they haven't committed any, any – uh, broken any laws in the country. We see the same kinds of things going on in Russia where we get a lot of the, 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 the crypto um, malware coming out of, right? The mm. Russian government doesn't have any incentive to crack down on them. That- they, they've gone out of their way not to scam people in in the country, you know, and yeah, and so and they, as long as you're not saying anything against the, their war, right, you're fine. Yep. Then yeah, they'll yeah. throw little kids in, into jail. Well, now but, we, you know, with you know. the Ukraine and you know, the, and and Russia going at it, we've we've seen more. You know, we've we've seen um, a, you know, a cyber war between those two countries. Right, but so. like I said, unless you're going to go against that war that they're in. Or they're trying to push on Ukraine. You don't get tossed in the gym. Yeah, 
But, I mean, it's good to talk about these things and, and remind people to, to be cognizant because anybody can be scammed, right? This might mm-hmm. not be the scam that's going to do it for you, but there's one out there that could. So being, being diligent is important. I, enough. I always think my mother never got scammed by any of these types of people because she never had any money. <laughs> my mom never got scammed because I told her anyone other than anyone you know who's family mm-hmm. and even them, don't give them anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or yeah. hang up on them, or just don't answer that email or ask me. But for I'm me, not sure if my mother fell for, I'm not sure if my mother fell for any scams, but she uh, she really did like those. Uh, um, I, I not uh, not technically pyramid schemes, but multi level marketing. Yep. Oh, she loved to terrorize. My mom, my mom liked that stuff too, and you know, and and and, and, and dabbled in, in a few of them here and there. But you know, I I'm lucky that at this point. Um, she did get scammed one time on a credit card. You know, she she gave a, she gave somebody their her credit card number, but she realized it real quick that she had made a mistake and called the bank. And since then, she found Kit Kit Boga on YouTube and and watches those. And so I think that that has made her much more cognizant of the, of those kinds of things. So something that I could never have have done right as much as I as much as I was trying to you know tell her about this stuff. Um, Find, finding those guys on YouTube is what really did it for. I, I got lucky that she and she found them. On, she found Kit Boga on her own and told me about it. And of course, I had already been watching, but I was like, okay, good, because if I had put if I had asked, if I had pushed her towards it, it might not have been so effective. So, but it, but if you can recommend that resource to somebody, um, it you know the, it is it is entertaining and you really get to see how these scammers work. But speaking as Speaking of people off their rocker, Flat Earthers tried to use Toronto to prove the prove his case. That's right. Yes. Um, so um, uh, he so there was this uh, Flat Earther. Let me just open up the thing to find his name here. My my whole thing just uh, got out of order for a bit there. I have to go back here. Take your time and cut it all, all right. Out. Wow! Tried to use T O. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, Toronto. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm loading up the article, okay. uh, I'll just, uh, give, give you a run now. He basically, um, uh, went off, uh, uh, out, uh, uh, farther than, uh, in the, uh, from, by the curve of the earth, then you should be able to see Toronto from, and took a video, uh, where he zooms right in, and he shows, look, look, you can see Toronto, uh, over here, even though you shouldn't be able to over the curve of the earth. It says here, um, was he really only 300 feet? Below below the horizon is it? I mean, or forty miles away? He says he was forty miles away. Yes, forty yeah. miles. Uh, yeah, but but it's, it's enough that you should be able to to see the curve of the Earth, and uh, Toronto should uh, drop off, right? Well, well, the thing is, when you look at the video, Toronto, Toronto did drop off uh, by the curve of the Earth uh, because the thing about uh, 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 the skyline of the city is that it sticks way up uh, above the ground. Right. Um, and people uh, uh, immediately pointed out, uh, your CN Tower there is missing like 40% of it. Yeah. So it <laughs> says that he's an ast- he's an astronomer, mathematician, and explorer. And explorer, oh no, have seen or... Exploiter? Oh, ex- no, hold on. That's not, I guess he's not. It says astronomers, mathematicians, and explorers have known since 300 BC that the Earth is a sphere. That's how your article starts. But, th- but this guy's going to prove us wrong. Right. For some reason, my, the article's not loading up for me. So, uh, if you so, can find his name yeah. for me, see, flat earthers exist, and their and their own weird counterparts on the internet. 
that occasionally cross paths with reality. <laughs> uh, like one recent case where one believer tried to make an ex uh, example out of the fair city of Toronto. Uh, one internet conspiracy theorist took to Twitter with a video. Are they not naming him? It's not, they're not naming him. Uh, and we don't hmm. need to name him either. Uh, no, video of, of, the, of the sixth impression of the skyline capturing uh, f from across Lake Toronto uh, in western New York, claiming that the video in some way disproved the flat earth, well-established curvature. Right. Yeah. Um, he, he's, he's saying that because he can see Toronto uh, over the curvature of the earth, uh, um, and, and from the video, like at a first glance, it looks like, oh yeah, I'm seeing the city skyline. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. seeing I'm seeing the city over there. That, that looks like it, right there. But you don't realize how much you're missing because, like, you can see there, like you're, you're just seeing the wa the water horizon, and then over that, you're seeing the top of Toronto emerge. Yeah, it says it didn't take long for this ridiculous claim to be debunked. A few, a few commenters, uh, what pillaring on the clip, piling on, piling on the clip of distinct skyline Dis what is it distant skyline Dis actually pr proves the opposite of the flat earth earth earthers claim so he actually shows this tower and how what they're looking at there's a third of the tower missing right so that which is yeah. kind of an interesting point is that this flat earther had this idea that if they went that distance that everything would disappear it's like, well, no, you, you, as you further get further and further out, you only see like the, the tip of something. And then as you get closer, you know, it, you, you start to see more. But he had the idea that if he went that far out, that just he shouldn't see anything. It's like so exactly. sometimes they, they just have the wrong idea of how the science worked in the first place. Sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm being I generous. That, okay. I, he's definitively proven himself wrong just uh, by, by the response, just with the picture. Uh, if you go to the article, you can see it. Um, the, the, the picture of that, uh, uh, the CN tower is missing like the bottom, the bottom third there. You can, you can see it quite clearly. They've lined it up side by side. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you, it's clear that, oh, you're, you're just seeing the, the uh, top part of the CN tower over the horizon. Yeah. That's the thing. Even without the comparison, you can tell those buildings are not complete. Right. You can tell you're seeing only the top of them. They, they definitely don't, you know, there's no street level in that picture. Yeah. Exactly. So everything goes. Yeah, but I think, you know, it, so it's, you know, it, then you get down here, what a loser. It's like, okay, come on. We, it, that, that, that's not going to help. But what these people did no. initially, showing where he was wrong, I think is very yeah. helpful. I think this is a good way to, to, to demonstrate that, you know, his, his misconceptions. Right. Mm -hmm. With things like, although you probably already know that you are using the wrong mathematical formula to reach that number. Yep. <laughs> beloved parabolic flat earth equation, which doesn't take into account the elevation. Your argument is there is not enough curvature, so there is no curvature. Now, quite often, that's one thing we see with these people is they were fed some level of science and they decide they understand it fully. And they're going to prove it by using that level of science they thought they understood. And time and time again, it's like, you know, it's a bit beyond you. Don't try to think it's as simple as you believe. I mean, it's it's beyond me. I, I don't fully understand all this. Well, but this one, but this I'm is a really good it. way to demonstrate that the 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 curvature of the Earth. The, and what he did is is a really good demonstration of exactly yes. the opposite of what he was trying to prove. Oh yeah, fully. But there's no reason to call him names. I agree. That is true. And I but think. The, oh, go ahead. I think it's kind of like when you have a puzzle 
when you're partway done the puzzle and you cannot figure out where some of these pieces go and some of the pieces got missing, it doesn't mean that there's that that puzzle is complete from proper information. Well, and it, and here's the thing is that what he did was not stupid, right? No. What I mean, what no. he did, he he did the experiment. He just he just misread his um his results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I think though that I really feel like the like the flat Earth mover moon in particular is really, and I th- and we I think it, we see this a lot with with you know all alternative viewpoints of things is that it's it's this it's the idea of having special knowledge that you've figured out the yeah. truth that nobody else has that they're that they haven't taken the time to look at it and 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 you figured it out and you're part of this group that really you 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 understand you know the truth and everybody else is wrong. Um, the, the right. Yeah. Although this is one where I want to know what they think the rest of the scientists are gaining. Well, how, how do you make money off saying the Earth is a sphere when it's not? I, I, don't, I don't understand know. that at all. The, the, Believe it's no the same reason as the underwear gnomes. Well, that's how NASA <laughs> NASA NASA continues to get money from from the government. Because they all believe that you know that NASA is putting satellites up and going into space, and of course that's not what NASA is doing. They're just collecting the money. They're not doing any experiments. That, They're that just collecting money. Flat Earth, to, you know, <laughs> flat versus circle. It doesn't necessarily even um, it doesn't prove that. Yeah, no, but it doesn't. It doesn't make my theory work. You're right, or their theory. I mean, <laughs> even if the Earth was flat, we'd still be paying NASA to be exploring up there. Well, but oh, you, the, you can't get stuff outside the dome. Right, it's a solid not, dome. How, how how do you not, put how do you put up a, a satellite through the solid dome? We're not paying NASA to explore up there. We're paying them money to get Matt Damon back. <laughs> <laughs> but even there, it's like wait a minute. So, um, all the pilots and um, all the um, captains of the ships and navigators, all the people who use the spherical Earth for navigation, are in on it. What do they get out of it? And we go you know, level after level after level of all the millions of people that would have to be in on the conspiracy who don't make a dime off of the conspiracy. Why are they in it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really good question. They have they they have they they think that they know. They think that they know why NASA is still doing it. I do like the documentary on Netflix that they followed the flat earthers and they they basically went through three different tests that they were going to use to demonstrate that the earth was flat and every single one of them proved that the earth was round but yet they were they, they just figured that their tests were flawed but if that's the case uh, if every test that we do shows that the earth is round it just, and, and every single one of them is flawed <laughs> That's not how science works, people. Generally, it's self-correcting, right? Somebody else is going to say, "No, no, no." It's it, the, you know this and that. You're going to go back and forth, but because the the science continues to show that the the Earth is round, probably square. <laughs> and see, that's where you really get the evidence they don't understand how science works. <laughs> oh, if, you know, my experiment didn't show me what I wanted. Therefore, the experiment's bad, not my assumption. Oh. And I and, and I think and, but here's the thing is that we'll find that it's not every piece of science that they don't like. It's just just particular ones that are showing that the world is is round that they that they're mostly going to take issue with. They're probably going to take it where they have one conspiracy theory. They they generally are 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 um, favorable to others, right? We we've seen that as well. Yeah. So, but it doesn't mean that they're going to reject all science, right? They're gonna and they're gonna cherry pick and and you know choose the ones that they like. But you know, then they're gonna. But well, science can lie too. Remember <laughs> Piltdown Man? 
Well, but it was yeah. other scientists that figured out that Piltan Mountain is wrong <laughs> and corrected it, right? I mean, so so science isn't perfect, but it does tend to be self-correcting. Right. It's like Vulcans. Vulcans go by by knowledge and by um, ah pure yeah. logic. Yes, Vulcans are very scientific. Logic. Yeah. Logic. Yeah. Logic. Yes, but however, logic. one person's logic may not be the same as another's. Well, it's because logic is a bunch of pretty flowers that smell bad. <laughs> mm. I think that we've seen. I, one of the things I like with the most recent Star Treks is that they, that that idea of the Vulcans being so logical starts to break down at, in different levels, right? Um, and it, so I, I do like how you know how they're have they been exploring that recently with some of the new Star Trek stuff. Mm-hmm. I like that they're not perfect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They're not, and 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 their emotions do creep in, creep in and creep up on them. And you find that some of their that their some of their decisions are much more logical than they want to admit, or much more emotional than they want to admit. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's something that that you know that they're exploring with the with the new Star Treks, where you know that that was kind of left out before. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Anything I mean, else? Everybody kind nope. of thinks their reasoning is 100% logical. Exactly. Too, yeah. Yeah. And so they're kind of pointing out that flaw with the with with the Vulcans. So it's good. Right. And because all of go ahead. Because all a Vulcan would have to do is say to even another Vulcan that their logic is not logical. And on that disappointment, say good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Can you say it into the mic? No. <laughs> One more big slaughtering scam into the can. If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Sharealike No Derivatives 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Kennold. Find more of Peter's music at SoundCloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Board. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.